0: Code. Your curiosity quest starts here.
1: You cannot play
2: this. <laughs> Come again. Jan- <laughs> now, without putting an explicit uh, uh, E on there.
1: That is literally one of the few things I know in Japanese. But, uh,. Welcome, Q-Coders, <laughs> to the Qcode podcast. And that does come into play in just a second. Sort of. Not exactly what I said, but just the fact that I spoke in Japanese. <laughs> but um, we have a good show today. Um, we are going to be talking. Let's see. Daniel is going to be continuing his sleep study. My sleep series. Series. And we're going to be diving in a little bit more into the conditions, sleep-related conditions and diseases. So that should get a little...
2: It's like the more negative. I call it the dark side of sleep. Which will be interesting. Because the dark side
1: of anything is interesting. (laughs) Um, And then we will move on. Alan's going to get a little sentimental and romantic on us. Because we're going to be talking about sunrises
2: and And sunsets. and sunsets. Um, And... what? So some people like long walks on the beach at sunset. Do others like it at sunrise? Is that a legitimate question that you have? Yeah. I'm pretty well, sure that
0: there are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not like I see a lot of dating Old profiles. Old people, because they're always but... up so early, like we discussed last week. It just seems like the pro dating profiles, they always say, say, I like long walks on the beach at sunset, but mm-hmm. you don't really hear, at sunrise.
0: If you were going to – if you planned on in one day viewing both the sunrise and sunset, could you just call that a sunset?
1: Oh. oh, uh, uh, oh. Okay. We're also going to be talking about my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my question is, is, have you heard of Brian Wells? Um, I have not. Basically – um left these two dudes in the dark on this one uh, because it is a uh, if you know who he is and you know what I'm going to talk about then you will know this is an exciting story
2: what you're saying is that my topic has to do with the dark the dark side of sleep your topic has to do with the dark because you've left us left left us in the dark he he can't (laughs) talk today (laughs) that's not the first thing I couldn't I messed up today but (laughs) Luckily for us, Alan's shedding a little light. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: um, before we get to that. After the first, every time Danny does that, after two words, Trav already knows exactly what's about to happen. (laughs) And Trav in his head is just like, get on with it, finish it.
1: Okay, just
0: so everyone knows. (laughs) I
1: don't know how to respond. (laughs) Because my initial reaction is not necessarily to laugh, but <laughs> it should be, <laughs> <laughs> but more or less to stop you from
2: saying words, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, uh, but <laughs> other episodes, once in a while, you'll catch Trav when I start talking, just be like,
1: nope, nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope, just stop talking right now. Um, before we get to that, though. Reason why I came in speaking such Japanese wonderful <laughs> words in in Japanese um, is that I found this story and that has to do with your culture, your Japanese culture, which I figured you would want to know. Now I, which
2: to, if anyone's new to the show, Alan and I are half Japanese,
1: and so I figured you would enjoy this. Um, it's weird, and it is uh. It is a competition that is just—I don't know why somebody thought of this, but is it
0: American Ninja Warrior? No, no, no. Oh.
1: That is cool, American Ninja Warrior. This <laughs> is probably the furthest from American Ninja Warrior that you can get. Oh, and that is so. Uh, they they posted the where I read this uh, this article, or they they posted it on Instagram. But they said every year. For the past 400 years, the air around Japan's Senoji Temple has been filled with the sound of screaming babies. (laughs) (laughs) While the shrill cries might be considered an annoyance to some, this time they are the main event. And the loudest crier, elicited by a sumo wrestler, wins a prize! And (laughs) so, basically, the contest is: you bring your baby to this temple. Mm -hmm. You hand your baby to a sumo wrestler, (laughs) and they will cry, (laughs) and the loudest crying baby wins. And here is the picture. So, (laughs) you know, obviously, we'll we'll see if we can get this posted um, for you guys to see. The but babies look are at the actually
2: guy crying.
1: Look at the guy in the background. He is so happy that these babies are crying <laughs> and are so scared that they're being held by three hundred pound men
0: in diapers. Nonetheless, they just look like really big babies. <laughs> this, like one, big babies. this one to laugh babies.
1: definitely. <laughs> he's got a baby face, but <laughs> you can tell that he's still coming into his sumo body. But uh, anyway. Why? Well, I mean, you guys so are Japanese. What do they win? So on, I don't know. Just a surprise
0: on behalf of our peoples. I apologize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, can you just see somebody just sitting there, super excited that all right, we get to take our baby to go <laughs> cry
0: at a sumo wrestler? <laughs> well, I hope we win. <laughs> This brings up some issues because, like, if how do you train the baby for this competition? Well, you don't. Do you have do you are people like abusing their babies to make. them I think cry it's just if you hand them.
2: No, obviously probably wearing fat suits.
0: Yeah,
1: no. What to
2: <laughs> recreate like the atmosphere?
1: No, I'm pretty sure you just hand your baby off, and most likely because babies want to be with the their parents, their parents because it's familiar. They cry when they're with a stranger. And the sumo, re- I, don't, I don't know, I'd feel bad if I was a sumo wrestler because I'm like, this Why is probably you- the most depressing day of my yeah, life. How do you land that gig?
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's the pitch to the sumo wrestler? Like, dude, you want to be a part of this project? You're going to love it. I mean,
2: or I wonder if the sumo that made the baby cry the loudest also gets a prize. Well, that's
1: what It's like, on one hand, we won. But on the other hand, we won, <laughs> <laughs> which means that I made the baby cry the most. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's I just saw that today, and I figured it would be fun. Normally, we we have been doing these uh, "Would you rather"s or get to know us types of things, but it was kind of a get to know you. I mean, you guys are Japanese, so I just wanted to get a yeah. take on that. So,
2: anyway, Maybe let's it explains why my children cried always when I was when they were babies and I would hold them because you're a sumo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get into the first question, which is I mean, what are what are the hardships associated with sleep? That is mm-hmm. that is the question.
2: Yeah, what are the hardships associated with sleep? Sleep series part 2. Are we getting into that right now? Right now.
0: <laughs> that is so horrible.
1: Oh my gosh, that is, I, that's like nails on a chalkboard. (laughs) It is. That just gives me anxiety that I'm never going to sleep. Why is it going so long? (laughs) Daniel, (laughs) I think we could get it after the first two
0: snores.
2: So that was a. recording How do you think I
0: felt? I'm the. One. He sent me the file, which was even longer. It was like two minutes of that. Was it one of those? That was
2: an actual recording of me sleeping.
1: Was it one of those uh, <laughs> YouTube videos of <laughs> where it's just like the sounds that go on for like ten hours? Something <laughs> <Like, laughs> ten hours of snoring. There
2: was when I was trying to look up snoring sounds. There were who videos that were
1: wants to sleep
2: to hours that. long? But you know, so that was part of a lot longer
0: video clip or clip. And you heard it. It's not really different throughout. It's the same thing over and over. But Danny, yet he specifies like <laughs> clip from 27 seconds to one minute and 13 seconds. <laughs> and I'm like, what's so special about these
2: spe- specific snores? <laughs> they were uh, the, I got the full gamut of the different snores from small <laughs> to large and back to small again. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. What what are these conditions and diseases? All right, guys. Here we go. So we're gonna do a really, really quick recap. For anyone who missed it or anyone who probably tried to tone it out because I probably didn't do the best job of presenting it last week. These are the things that we went over in part one of the series. We went over sleep debt. Do you remember that trap? I do. So we also went over what the difference between non-REM and REM sleep. We went through the stages of sleep, went through cycles of sleep, how sleep changes with age, and we covered circadian clocks and circadian rhythms. So it's a little in a nutshell. If you missed any of that stuff and you're interested in it, we went into more depth last week on some of those topics, all of those topics. Right. Mm-hmm. So then that brings us into this week, and And like Trav said, uh, we're going into some of, like, the diseases and conditions associated with sleep. I call it the dark side of sleep, as I said before. So what we got today is that it's... <laughs> <laughs> I seriously just lost my train of thought. I was like, <laughs> what we got
1: today... He kind of reminded me of, like, that Steve character from Malcolm in the Middle.
0: What we got here... <laughs>
1: today <laughs> is I'm like waiting <laughs> anticipating you to finish
2: just finish a sentence uh, it did take forever uh, but anyways like like I said what we talked about last week was the importance of sleep and what sleep would look like in a healthy individual right if they were to actually get a healthy night's rest so what happens when you don't get a good night's sleep or what happens when you have a occurrences that happen during your sleep that are out of your control that's kind of what we're going to cover today so some of the issues that can affect sleep um, are actually not diseases themselves or but they're just symptoms of something else that's causing it and and examples of some of those are most cases of insomnia and we'll go into a little bit more depth in a minute and sleep apnea these are a lot of the times they're things that are just symptoms of something else that's going on. Okay. Then there's other things that are more just medically diagnosable, actual conditions or diseases or psychologically tied things. Right. And these are things like narcolepsy, um, super rare cases of insomnia and various, what they call parasomnias. And we'll get into what that is in a minute as well.
1: But I wanted so many to things we're gonna get to in a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so over the next sixty seconds, I gotta get through. No, all right, in several minutes. <laughs> is that better? Okay, so narcolepsy is the first one we'll go into. So, Trav, do you know what narcolepsy is? Yes.
1: What is it? Spontaneously falling asleep for no reason. Alan, what do you think narcolepsy is? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I did thing. not answer it correctly
0: <laughs> because then he went to you. <laughs> It is a disease or disorder in which you fall into REM sleep randomly throughout the day out of your control.
2: Maybe. Do you really like REM sleep? Is that your favorite? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the definition of narcolepsy is a lifelong incurable neurological disorder characterized by excessive daytime sleepiness, disrupted sleep at night, bizarre hallucinations at sleep onset, and cataplexy. So a couple of quick facts about narcolepsy. It's pretty rare. It only happens in about one out of 2000 people. Um, and they found that it's an autoimmune disease that's similar to multiple sc- sc- sclerosis, scler- multiple sclerosis, and Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. Which I kind of, I think I know what multiple scler- sclerosis <laughs> is. <laughs> oh my gosh, do I don't that? think you do. Multiple <laughs> sclerosis—that's sclerosis. <laughs> with your MS, your back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a sponsor. <laughs> like when you're. Spine like is curved, Spina or spine bifida. I don't know, but <laughs> maybe I don't know what it is. And Lou Gehrig's disease, I can't remember what that is either. But apparently, it's in the same family. Is well, Lou Gehrig's
0: disease, like the ALS thing, like is that what yeah. they were doing the whole ice bucket challenge for? Yeah, kind of.
1: Like but that? Danny, did, he's not talking about those, so he just completely didn't even
2: <laughs> read on them. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking well, about sleep. I ran out of time before I got to those specific things. All right. Uh, there's a lot that I figured went into figuring out what I had to just figure out. So, all right. So anyway, in reading some stories about narcolepsy, yes. Cause I'm, I was the same as you, Trav. I always felt like narcolepsy was just like, it's portrayed in the movies kind of just, yeah, I've never seen anybody just walking around and then they just, fall over and fall asleep
0: like what's that movie rat race with the Mr. Bean guy Mm -hmm. doesn't he have narcolepsy where he just like like, starts falling asleep and then he wakes up and he's like I think so the one I always think of is Deuce Bigelow male
1: gigolo
2: because there's a girl that has narcolepsy right yeah and (laughs) he ties her hair to like something so that she doesn't fall asleep but drown in her soup (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because wasn't she like actually like good looking? And he's like, "Whoa!" I
1: don't. No, none of them were supposedly good looking. But
2: I thought her problem was narcolepsy. Yeah, they all
1: had some issues. Like one had narcolepsy, (laughs) one had Tourette's, one was loved peach cobbler. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right. So anyway, but in the description, you could see the cataplexy, and I didn't know what cataplexy was, so I had to learn a little bit of what cataplexy is. So cataplexy. Uh, can either happen and affect people in a partial state or in a full state. A partial cataplexy attack results in a slight buckling of the knees, drooping of the head, loss of facial expression, saw, or sagging of the jaw, slurred speech, weakness in the arms. So seriously, literally, so maybe me I have cataplexy. <laughs> <laughs> this is me at work when I'm bored. I'm like, uh, I've got cataplexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I just tell people, I'm like, I have cataplexy. I'm sorry, I can't do anything about it. I need to go home. If you are, were to have a full cataplexy, then that's when your full body goes into paralysis and then you collapse. So that's where I think the whole idea of like somebody just falling asleep, right? Mm. And falling over. So, and then the interesting thing though is when this happens, their eyes and their respiratory muscles aren't affected. So they can still see and they can still breathe, but they're just kind of just paralyzed sitting there, right? And then the other very interesting thing, and this is where I got weird because I was reading some stuff on it and I'm like, these people don't have narcolepsy. Like what are they talking about? And I'll I'll give you guys an exact story here in a second, but so apparently cataplexy slash narcolepsy is often accompanied by positive emotions such as surprise, pleasure, and laughter. So let's do a little story time. Okay. Yeah. So this is a story by a woman who suffers from narcolepsy. So she says, So my GF, her friend, and I were wandering Round a garden pet store when we came across large bags of animal feed for various animals. One particular brand caught my eye as I pursued or perused the stalls. Then I had to stop. I attempted to lock my knees and fight the wave of weakness rippling through my muscles. My jaw slacked mid smirk. I was unable to move, fighting the urge to laugh. My GF stopped, looked at me. She sort of knew what was happening, but had no idea what caused it. Normally I can recover from an episode of in a couple of seconds, but try as I might, the name of one particular brand of rabbit food had completely paralyzed me with amusement. She asked me what I'd seen, trying lightly to support my weight so that I could show her, I managed to point to a bag just as I fell in a heap of cataplectic hilarity on the floor. She looked at the bag. Tasty nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> I could <can> just <laughs> hearing the two words aloud didn't help my predicament. I managed to nod at her before returning to my useless state. She started laughing too. Tasty nuggets. Our friend knew of my condition but was alarmed as she never seen me like this. My girlfriend reassured her and pointed to the guilty article. He's laughing at tasty nuggets. She, too, left out a giggle. Hearing it again made me helpless. It took me a solid two minutes to pick myself up. Who would have thought these two words combined would be such a funny combination? I have no idea why I find it so funny, but it still makes me weak to think about it.
1: That would suck so bad. Like, you're not even laughing. It's just the thought that you see something that you think would be funny, and all of a sudden your body's like... In <laughs> this, she's, she, she's literally like... I picture it as like she's being frozen from the feet, and it's slowly rising through her body. As her friends like looking at her, she's like, "What's wrong?" And she's trying to point. She's like, (laughs) "Tasty nuggets!" The lady's like, "Tasty nuggets!"
2: She's (laughs) immediately frozen. (laughs) It <laughs> kind of is, because at first she can barely point. <laughs> then, and then she, she has, get a nod in there. Well,
1: then she adds insult to injury as her friend just continues to say tasty
2: nuggets. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you keep saying that I'm frozen here. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's very different than I <clears throat> originally thought it was. But, yeah, apparently narcolepsy is accompanied by cataplexy, which then results more in this odd situation than it is then it's more this than it is just like you fall asleep right mm. so it it's kind of interesting to go on top of that though we were talking about sleep paralysis last week briefly because you mm-hmm. brought it up you said you had a friend that suffered from sleep yeah paralysis, coworker. a co-worker like when he woke up he couldn't move yeah all right so sleep paralysis actually can be tied to narcolepsy as well Um, A lot of people that suffer from narcolepsy also suffer from sleep paralysis. So what sleep paralysis is, basically, you wake up, but you still have some components of REM sleep occurring while you're awake. So one of the things that occurs when you're in REM sleep is you become paralyzed. And this is so that you don't physically act out your dreams, as we covered last week. Mm -hmm. So this happens when people are actually awake, but then they can't move because they're actually still... In REM mode, I guess. So, another thing that actually can happen um, with narcoleptic patients is they call it hypnagogic. <laughs> hypnagogic. I'm gonna say this one more time.
1: You guys, well, not you guys, but you need to pick something that doesn't have really long words. <laughs> Where is this
2: hypnagogic? Hypnagogic or something. I
0: don't know. like.
1: Hypnagogic,
2: not that I know it either. I, swear, but I think it's hypnagogic. Oh, okay. Whatever, hallucinations.
1: <laughs> <It just, laughs> That's the just, other word. <laughs> hallucinations.
2: <laughs> well, they're called hypnagogic hallucinations. So anyway, this is basically the same thing, but this is when you are actually in a state of a nightmare during sleep. <laughs> <anxiety. laughs> I forgot you say a nightmare. What is it? Did you Night- say nightmare? Mare. mare, yeah,
1: mare. Like it's a- not nightmare. No, are you sure? <laughs> yes. Look at its
2: spelling. Nightmare. <laughs> what does that mean? What does nightmare mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> is right, nightmare fine. like a nocturnal meerkat? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> see, that feeling that you had right there,
2: that is what I feel a lot with your jokes. <laughs> Fine. So, it's when you're in a nightmare, Good. like a night horse, is that what it is? Oh, man. <laughs> yes. State. And uh, so, when you're actually waking up, you're frozen because you are paralyzed, but you actually are hallucinating the nightmare that is occurring in your dream apparently still so it's a really freaky situation i don't know did your friend i don't want to spoil i don't want to i mean spoiler spoiler alert if
0: you haven't seen the i think it's house on haunted hill is that what it's called the one that came out do not spoil it yeah because i haven't seen
1: seen it it. (laughs) i haven't seen it oh you haven't i haven't either it
0: came out like like last hell you know how many things i have to watch did you know that Netflix right.
2: came out with like over a thousand shows last year? <laughs> but let's just
0: say something similar to that is there. Right. Okay. Good. I will. Oh, I, yes,
1: I
2: will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we're going to go back to quick story time to see what happens when this occurs to certain people. So here's just an account from a person who has this hypnagogic hallucinations when they wake up and they're paralyzed. So, says, I am 42 and at first had a nightmare about a terrifying witch at the age of 16. She kneels on my chest and stares into my face, slowly getting nearer and nearer. I am completely terrified. She wears a black cloak and hood. Her face is like a witch and evil generates from her, surrounds me from her. I don't know. I probably should have just not copied and pasted. (laughs) (laughs) Other times, I can be lying on my stomach and I will creep and she will creep her hand up the back of my head, down my face, and hook her fingers under my top teeth and pull my head back. Other times she will bite, sit on the bed, knock the door, call my name, and generally scare the crap out of me. you yeah. So this apparently happens to this person like on a semi-regular like regular basis. They'll wake up, but they're paralyzed and they're hallucinating. Oh
1: my goodness. So, I... Would be so scared. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if that was you, Trev? Well, he says you literally scare the crap out of him. Like That would lit. <laughs> I would. You would poop. I would poop my
0: be- my poop my bed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: think? Because you said it'll knock the door and sometimes call her name. You think in her head she's just like, "One moment, please. <laughs> no, hang on. I'm paralyzed right now. Just a second.
1: No, and I'd be like, <laughs> I'll be there uh... in a minute." Oh, man. I oh, don't
0: know what's happening. Oh, it's happening? She's coming. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the- uh, so it'll grab her top teeth and pull her yeah, head Yeah, from the back. From the
1: back. Like the hand goes over the head. Grabs the teeth and pulls. And pulls
0: the head back. Hmm. <sighs> so scary. But does her head actually go back?
2: That's funny because you're saying you're taking it as a her. I don't think it necessarily says... I thought it was a dude. I took it as a dude, too. But now that I'm reading back on it, I don't think it specifically says... It says the witch is a she.
0: Oh. Well, maybe I was biased from House on Haunted Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. But... So, yeah. Does her head actually move back? I wonder. I would
2: like to ask. In her hallucination, it does, at least. So... Hmm. I mean, the interesting thing would be to, like, actually put a camera in some of these people's bedrooms. So that would also just creep me out. <laughs> to be watched? No. To, well, um, to, to wa- watch it
1: happen? It's almost like an exorcism. It's, like, freaky. Like, if all of a sudden, like, their head's, like, you know, just, like, moving <laughs> around. And you're, like, oh, man. Or if they're completely
0: paralyzed, this it would just be the demons. most boring video you've ever seen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally <laughs> laying there. I don't, I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> so here's another quick account of somebody who also had hypnotic go <laughs> hallucinations. <laughs> All right. So it says, so I am in my early twenties and I used to have mild hallucinations when wa- waking up without the use of an alarm while being unable to move. This was years ago, and it never really bothered me, but it happened this morning, which was kind of my fault. So I hung a jacket from the hood of a closet door on the way in, the, in front of me the night before, and when I woke up, I saw a woman standing there with a jacket on her back, and, and her back turned. Somehow, I assumed someone I knew was lying in bed beside me. I don't know who, so I was telling the or I started trying to yell to the person beside me. Then slowly the woman turned so I can see her from the side. And it was my cousin who died last year and was just starting, staring at the mirror in the door. Oh, freaking at, at this point
0: I'm this. losing. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Get it goosebumps. So there's two people that he's seeing. One's in bed with him and the other one is standing with,
2: by the closet with the jacket on. So it just says, I saw a woman standing there with the jacket on her back turned. On her back turned. Somehow, I assume someone I knew was lying in bed beside me. So basically,
1: he's in a sleep state, essentially. Yeah. And he knows, like, it was probably, like, his wife or something. But, you know, like, in a dream, like, sometimes, like, in Danny's dreams, he's not always married. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, uh, or he's in, in high school, and he is married. It's just... You know, he, he just knew that somebody was there. Um, but, and he was trying to yell out to say, hey, check out, there's somebody freaking wear my jacket.
2: <laughs> but then slowly the woman turns so I can see her from the side. And it was my cousin who died last year and was just staring at the mirror on the door. At this point, I'm losing my shit.
0: Yeah. I can't
2: seem to yell out. Then all of a sudden I regain mo- movement and end up yelling, you see her, right? Right? What the, or WTF is happening? (laughs) That's what they wrote. I turn and there is just a blanket lying beside me. And when I look back, I easily make out just the jacket hanging on my closet door. I'm still freaked out.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, there was two hallucinogen
2: peoples. Apparently one was a blanket and the other was his cousin that passed
1: away. Oh man. I would immediately go into my blanket dome of just... Because when I get scared, I just put the blankets. Because <laughs> if you can if I can't see them, they can't see me. Uh,
2: so that is a little bit about narcolepsy and I don't what can want happen. That. So wait, Hopefully where were these stories the from? Luck, did unlucky you are,
0: individuals. Did I miss? Did you say, and I missed it? Where these stories are from?
2: Um, I just scavenged the web. <laughs> scavenged. I can't think of the word. Surf the web. S- That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> So I, but yeah, I just literally looked around to see if I could find any interesting stories that had to do with some of these different mm. conditions. So, um, but yeah, some of them were like on Reddit, some of them were just like articles I found, some of them were blogs. But yeah, so that's that. So going from narcolepsy to insomnia, you guys know what insomnia is, right? Yes. What yeah. is it? Trap? When you cannot sleep. Yep. So the definition of insomnia is defined as. Difficulty initiating or maintaining sleep, or both. Al so Pacino two. suffers from it. I at heard at least one in specific movie. <laughs> yep. But there's two types of insomnia. There's what's called primary insomnia and secondary insomnia. Secondary insomnia is the most prevalent type of insomnia. I mean, this is like 95 plus percent of people who suffer from insomnia suffer from secondary insomnia. And what secondary insomnia is is just when you... It's not an actual disease. This goes back to when it's just you have something else in your life that is causing the insomnia. So it's a symptom of something else that's happening, whether it's you're stressed, a psychological issue that you're dealing with, um, any other factor outside of that itself, but it's just causing you to not be able to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then... Usually, typically, if you'll address what's causing the insomnia, then the insomnia will go away. Right? Makes sense? Yeah. So that's the typical, I mean, I think they say like, you know, the vast majority of people at some point in their life have suffered from insomnia, whether it's for one night or for several nights, you know? Yeah, those nights when
1: you're just laying there and you're like, oh, I've got like, if I go to sleep now, I'll get five hours of sleep. And then... It's, uh, if I go to sleep now, it'll be three and a half hours <laughs> of sleep.
2: And then you That's just like every other, yeah, Every other night for me.
0: freaking hate that. Mm-hmm.
2: What were you going to say, Al?
0: I was going to say, so basically what you were saying is insomnia is the symptom. You got to get at the root cause in that, what was that, secondary insomnia? You yeah, call secondary. So, I mean...
2: Like so a quick, you gotta
0: you gotta get at the root cause of whatever it is in your life that's
2: causing the symptom of insomnia in in that scenario. Yeah, and like a this is a sad story, um, but like there was a a mother who, or I think she had a few kids of her own, and she and handed sister, them to sumo wrestlers and made them cry. <laughs> yeah, and her sister, um, and her husband, I believe, got something happened to them. I can't remember. I think they got sick or something like that. And so she needed to take her sister's kids in so that they could, while they were getting better. And in doing so, she was super stressed because she was worried about her sick sister and she was worried about taking care of all these kids. And you know, she had like seven kids at the time. So, finally, and it just caused her not to be able to sleep. So, every night, she just couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. So, after a few days of this, she called her mom and said, I just need help. Like, can you watch the kids for a few hours? I need to, like, get some sleep. And then, in driving over to her mom's house, she got in a car accident and ended up killing, like, all of her sister's kids in the car accident. And so, like, this is, like, I mean, it's a terrible story, but, like, meaning if she could have just got help earlier mm-hmm. or made it there and then, you know, like none of this might've ever happened. Cause she would have, yeah. cause I think she actually fell asleep while driving to her mom's house because she felt relief, relief finally. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to get help finally. And that, like that put her immediate to sleep, immediately to sleep. So mm. she was like actually right there getting rid of her problem that was causing her to have insomnia. But the crazier version is the primary insomnia, which is much more serious, but much more rare than secondary insomnia. So let's go. I wish we had to sound like... (laughs) Well, you just did it. (laughs) (laughs) So going into a little story time, this is a story that I kind of wrote, okay? Okay. All right. Imagine for a moment that you are turning 50 years old and are having a good time celebrating your birthday with your family when suddenly you become hot and sweaty.
1: Okay. I don't have to be 50 to do that. I'm (laughs) hot and sweaty right now.
2: (laughs) You excuse yourself to go to the bathroom for a minute to freshen up. Once in the restroom, you splash some water on your face and take a close look at yourself in the mirror. However, when doing so, you notice that your pupils have shrunk to the size of pinpricks. You know this is strange, but don't quite know what to make of it. Over the next few days, you begin to experience uncontrollable tremors, impotence, and constipation. Impotence. Impotence. <laughs> it's not impotence. No, it's no. impotence. No. <laughs> well, I'm suffering from impotence. All right. If you this don't want to suffer, is not something I you don't wanted want to, to suffer know. From impotence. <laughs> If this isn't bad enough, over the next few months you begin to have trouble sleeping and are kept awake at night by anxiety, panic attacks, phobias, and paranoia. This in turn leads to hallucinations, followed by a complete inability to enter into a deep sleep. You begin to lose weight rapidly until you finally develop dementia. Eventually you become mute and are unresponsive to most things. Then without warning, you die. Sucks. Does this sound like something you would like, trap Yeah, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really Do you have that in your notes? <laughs> Ask Trap if he would like this. <laughs> All right, so on a more serious note, this is actually a specific type of insomnia. He always asks you
0: if you would <laughs> like something. Like last time it was... Would you like a teaspoon of <laughs> neutrons? neutrons, Trav?
2: Trav is so Is bad. that something you would Why like? Why would I want a teaspoon of neutrons? I don't think anyone has ever been asked that question in the history of the world before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then there's Alan. I would, I would actually.
2: Yeah, I, I would. I would like you to ask the wrong person. I would like <laughs> a, a teaspoon of neutrons. So, anyway, back to this more serious thing. A specific type of insomnia called this is a specific type of insomnia called fatal familia insomnia, or FFI for short. It's a, <laughs> yeah, so it's a genetic disease um, that's caused by a faulty gene, and the gene that is at fault ends up being like a well. It's. I'll explain it in a second. So, if one of your parents has this faulty gene, you have a fifty percent chance of getting the gene yourself, inheriting it. If both of your parents have the gene, you have a hundred percent chance of inheriting it. So, but, but if you it's have, it's kind it, of like HIV. It's you could <clears throat> be dormant. Yeah, in the fact that like just because you have it does not mean that you will for sure get fatal familial insomnia. Yeah like so, like the gene isn't switched on just by default yeah. from what they're i mean from what they know about it it looks like it's like a 50% chance that if you have the gene that you'll get it so, so if you like, have
0: one parent it's a 50% chance you have the gene and then another 50% chance if you have the gene
2: that you will actually get yeah, it so it's probably like it. a 25% chance you'll actually get it and then if uh, both your parents have it it's probably like a 50% chance yeah. you'll actually get it um but yeah so it's <laughs> what it is is basically it's a condition in which a protein, so if you do get it, if you get the disease, a con- it's a condition in which a protein called a prion in the brain becomes misshapen. The single misshapen prion causes other prions to become misshapen. Those two prions then cause more to become misshapen. <laughs> I like a so,
0: like, like hand gesture. <laughs> it's like, and I get it because that, if I would, if I was doing sign language and I had to make up a... A, a, the a sign for, for prion, it's <laughs> exactly what I would do because he, he's like taking his hands and making them into like a crippled a cupping claw. yeah, claw <laughs> like a prion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I, my hand just ended up, even when I was reading it originally. <laughs> prion, <laughs> so anyway. The misshapen prion affects the thalamus at the center of the brain. A person who has been affected by the disease ends up with a prion that has a bunch of, or with a thalamus, I'm sorry, with a bunch of holes in it as if it were attacked by worms. So they've actually taken the brain of someone who ended up with this disease, and after they died, they dissected it, and they found the thalamus, and the thalamus had a bunch of boring look holes in the thalamus itself. Mm. The reason that's important is the thalamus is what helps you actually be able to go into a state of deep sleep without a functioning thalamus. Apparently you cannot go into deep sleep. Oh, so you eventually die if you can't sleep. Right. So this is also something other things that affect prions. Something that's more well known that you've heard of is mad cow disease. Also a (laughs) disease that affects prions. Sorry. If you, (laughs) if you had the choice
1: of being the top scientist in your field or getting mad cow disease, which one would you take? <laughs> well, of course I'd take uh, being the top scientist in my field. Oh, good. I thought you were going to pick the mad cow disease.
2: What is that what from? Is that like a skit on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> <Yep. Okay. laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's uh, Harry Carey, <laughs> if, uh, who used to be the voice of the Chicago Cubs. Crazy.
2: <laughs> so anyway... The other thing is, so this... We
1: all know that the the moon isn't really made out of green cheese, but if it was made out of barbecue spare ribs, would you eat it then? (laughs) Okay, that's it. Sorry.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry to all the families out there that are affected by fatal familial insomnia. So the thing with this is if you do end up with the disease, then it's universally fatal. There's never been somebody who survived once they got Sucks. it. Um, but like, I just need
1: said? a thalamus yeah. transplant.
2: But like the just thing, need pro- like the one protein. thing though is it's super rare. There's like 40 families in the world right now that are known that like have this uh, gene, this faulty gene in their family tree that they can pass it down. So it's genetic, but there's these 40 specific families right now. And so about 100 individuals that they know of have actually died from the disease. So Hmm. it's rare, but it's terrible. And, and the story I wrote was basically just me compiling several different, like stories of different people and putting them together. And this is basically what they, what you would experience if this were to happen to you. So, so that's terrible. So moving (laughs) on, (laughs) this is the worst thing. (laughs) So sleep apnea is another big thing. This is causes problem for a lot of people. Um, but basically, sleep apnea is when, you, it's when your body has an inability to breathe normally during sleep. So there's two types of sleep apnea. There's central sleep apnea, and there's obstructive. Central's rare, um, but this is when your body just decides flat out, like, I'm just going to stop breathing periodically while I'm sleeping. And this one can be really dangerous, but it's more rare. The more common one is obstructive sleep apnea, and that's when something typically... Part of your own body blocks uh, your airflow and then causes you to have a difficult time breathing while you're sleeping. So this one for me actually hits close to home because I was diagnosed with sleep apnea several years ago. I think I've told you, Trav, right? Yes. And then, Alan, you know. hmm Yeah. Yep. But so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about this from my own experience. But I mean, how I even found out was – My wife, when I first started dating her, I told her, she's like, do you snore when you sleep? And I said, no. And she's like, okay, good. And then apparently I snored really bad. Like the first night that we slept, I slept over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> what? What? <laughs> more details please i don't I don't understand exactly what you're getting at uh,
2: I just, I it's just First a time, party we had a sleepover <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making it family friendly that's what I do, but anyway, so over the years like apparently the snoring kept getting worse and worse but I personally would notice that when I would just be so tired like it didn't matter how much sleep I got or I thought I got like I would just be so tired throughout the day and I really for a long time just talked myself into being like well I'm getting older I'm getting close to 30 this is probably it like it's just all downhill from here this is why I feel this way I'm going to die in probably a year and I accept that fate (laughs) (laughs) but things like that really caused me to be like, okay, I got to get something figured out here is one time I was driving to Liz's parents' house to meet her there. Her parents live in West Jordan. Some point when I was passing downtown Salt Lake is the last thing I remember. <laughs> I woke up and I was parked at the mall parking lot, at fashion place mall for people who don't know that it's not that close to West Jordan and it's not close to downtown. <laughs> no, <laughs> So somehow I had driven to Fashion Place Mall, parked in the parking lot, and just passed out. And then I woke up. Is that the one on State Street in like, in like 60th or 60th? Yeah. Okay. And the reason I woke up is because Liz called me on my cell phone, and I heard my cell phone ring, and I just woke up. Like, What's I'm like, where am I? She's like, are you coming? Like, it's been super long. You should have been here by now. And I'm like, I'm at the mall.
1: <laughs> She's like, I what? don't know how
0: I got here. <laughs> She's like, so, just tell
1: me you don't want to come, Danny. <laughs> Basically,
0: you blacked out, aka
2: time travel. Yes. So, but this isn't the only time that I uh, <laughs> that I fell asleep driving, or that I can't recall how I got to a certain place. Um, but then another one. This is just like another weird situation. I was at work. And we at my work, we pass around birthday cards every time it's somebody's birthday for everyone to sign. Mm-hmm. So one of those cards was being passed around. I went to sign the birthday card. I think I wrote happy, and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up, my face was flat on the, my desk, and I like kind of tried to figure out what was going on. And I looked down at the birthday card, and you
0: drooled on it.
2: You could see H A P P. P scribbly scribbly line (laughs) all the way down the side of the card. (laughs) Don't mean to laugh, but But I didn't know how to like, because sometimes if it's a little mistake, you could like try and draw like a picture over it or something. (laughs) This literally was a line from the top down to the bottom of the card. You're just like from Danny Jr. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it would
0: look like if I was a child So anyway Everyone because, else thinks you're just a dick because They think you're just like <laughs> He didn't want anyone else to be able to write anything So he just like
2: whoosh, He just drew a big line down the middle <laughs> So anyway Because this and several other things happened I finally was like ah, I better go get this checked out I finally made an appointment Went in to get a sleep study at the hospital They did the sleep study Turns out I have what you call severe sleep apnea which means that I stop breathing hundreds of times per night mm-hmm. and then just gas for air. And so for a couple of years, I had to wear a CPAP machine and then I lost uh, like enough weight that I didn't have to have that anymore. So now I think I have what you call mild. Not smiled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> smiled. It's where you're sleeping, and you stop breathing, but yet you're still happy. <laughs> I have mild sleep apnea, so it's like it's tolerable. I don't, I don't quite, I don't have that like, super super tired feeling every day, um, but I still once in a while will like wake up from like snoring like too loud or something mm. like that. But I just for a long story's sake, I need to lose probably 20 more pounds again. Wow. But, all right, so that's sleep apnea. And then finally, the world of parasomnias. Parasomnias literally means along with sleep. So these are behaviors that occur during sleep. These are some of the things that you guys have probably heard of. Teeth grinding, nightmares. Oh, wait, nightmares. hmm <laughs> Trav. For anyone who couldn't see Trav just closed his eyes as if he was in pain <laughs> when I said nightmares. <laughs> I really thought it was nightmares. <laughs> Why I don't know. (laughs) Do you not read letters (laughs) and how they are placed in words? Nope, I just (laughs) just skim over them. All right, night terrors. So night terrors, I believe, are similar. I mean, to nightmares in the the, but it's the fact that you like suddenly wake up screaming out of fear, like from a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Nightmare, I mean nightmare. <laughs> Stop oh my gosh, word. it's so hard! All right, confusional arousals. Did you, did you look up all this information in the library? <laughs> <Yeah>. Confusional arousal. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. Confusional arousals. Basically, oh, like no. an, like ah. a night. T- <laughs> <laughs> basically, like a night terror, but it's when you suddenly wake up from a state of you know, or in a state of confusion. So yeah, you're like, where am I? What's going on? Kind of, but you're actually still asleep. You just wake up and you look very confused Mm. to somebody who is like watching you. Um, but then you get into like what people always talk about sleepwalking. So everyone knows what sleepwalking is. It's when someone gets up while and walks around while they're sleeping. This occurs during stage three of non REM sleep that we talked about last week. It's when you're in deep sleep, but you're not, but for whatever reason, yeah, you don't become paralyzed and something stimulates your body into action. However, you are not consciously awake. So, I have a bunch of stories, but for the sake of time, I'm going to let you guys each pick two numbers, one through 12, and I will just read them at random these little blips of people's experiences. Are any
0: of these stories about when we were kids? No. Like I specifically remember some story about somebody trying to pee in the
2: VCR. Yeah. That was Steve. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Steve, we're going to have to talk about
2: that. One later. Um, so Trav a yeah. number one through 12, six. All right. Story six. These aren't really, they're like sentences. All right. So somebody's account. My friend is a sleepwalker. She got up in the middle of the night and got a chocolate biscuit out of the packet. Then she held it up to the light until the chocolate had melted, stuck the melty chocolate side of the biscuit firmly on her sister's sleeping forehead and went back to bed. All right. So that's (laughs) something that somebody did while sleepwalking. Alan, number one through 12, not six. Um, 12, 12. I stuffed a cooked Turkey, woke up sitting at the kitchen table when it was almost done cooking. That is probably the best thing. (laughs) Like if I'm going to sleepwalk,
1: I'm going to cook because <laughs> the worst part of cooking or I guess, you know, eating is is waiting, waiting for, for it to be, the, be yeah. done. <laughs> Especially a turkey. Right
2: you just sleep right through <laughs> it. So he says, my roommate woke up at 3 a.m. when I was basting it. He was pissed because it was his turkey and realized when he was talking to me that I was asleep. So he just stayed up and made sure I didn't burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> good,
1: good roommate. <laughs>
2: All right, Trev, number one through 12, not six or 12.
1: Let's go with three.
2: Three. A boy was 12 when he sleepwalked out of a hotel room at the Excalibur in Las Vegas while on vacation with his family. I got up and left the room, clicked the elevator button, and waited. He was wearing only boxers and believes he was headed to the (laughs) lobby, perhaps to gamble. Lucky his dad got there before he could get any further.
1: Good for him. I don't think he would have been able to gamble. He probably did not have any money. <laughs> yeah.
2: Excuse me, sir. You don't look of age, and you have no pants on. And it costs money to gamble. <laughs> Alan. Chippendale's show is that way. <laughs> Alan. What number? Uh, not for the three, sake, six, or 12. For the sake of symmetry, I'll go with nine. nine. I knew it. All right. <laughs> this is a good one. My roommate once found me standing in front of the fridge, freezer door open, gnawing on a fro- frozen bagel. When, I a- or when he asked me about what I was doing, I told him to mind his bleeping business and go back to Peru. <laughs> okay, AKA, uh, in parentheses, his roommate is not from Peru. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: You just go
2: back to Peru
1: where you didn't come from. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
2: so anyway there's all kinds of stories like that all over the web um that i found like i said i've just picked 12 at random that i found and just put them in here but it i don't want to spend the next 10 minutes going through them all so if you want you can hit me up and i will send them to you you just give me an email address sounds good all right and then there's another parasomnia called sleep related eating disorder this is much like sleepwalking it happens in stage 3 of reds stage 3 of rem sleep also your body just stimulates into action while you're not awake but you just go and eat yeah but you eat instead of walk so here's a quick story about somebody who has this i took an ambien from for a time to help me with my insomnia my ex found me eating a stick of butter in the middle of the night like a candy bar paper and all Turns out I do a lot of gross sleeping or sleep eating and explain my sudden weight gain. I ate jam by the handful. I ate, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I hate jam. I <laughs> swallowed mayo right out of the jar. We also think I ate the used vegetable oil out of the recycling can.
0: <gasps> what?
2: I don't use sleep aids anymore. <laughs> That's so gross <laughs> is what this person said. And then there's one other disorder they call REM sleep behavior disorder. They call it RSBD for short. But this is basically goes back to the whole thing where people act out their dreams because they don't end up being paralyzed during that state of REM sleep. And they go around um, doing things like shouting, punching, kicking, running, and even been known to jump out of windows. Dang. So I did find a YouTube video. There was, they were, had the camera on a man, a Japanese man, ironically, (laughs) when he was sleeping. He just got up and said, and this is my description. A Japanese man would film, was filmed walking up in the middle or wake, oh my gosh, I can't talk. Waking up in the middle of the night and acting out samurai moves before seemingly stabbing his foe repeatedly with a sword. Yes. (laughs) So, anyway, these are all crazy sleep related. diseases or conditions or whatever Um, and then here's just a thought question for you and Alan as we finish up but if since now that you know that these things exist right they're not something that people can control per se they're just things that happen while they're asleep so if somebody is dealing with one of these diseases or disorders and they actually commit a crime while they're sleeping should they be liable for what they do during these episodes. So if you were in a court of law, would you be able to convict somebody who like murdered somebody while they were sleepwalking?
0: I no. Know. I mean, you could definitely send them to a place and uh, uh, say that they have to get help or treatment for I guess like if the you disorder, could- but not like a prison I don't. I, th- I don't think.
1: If you could prove it, I mean, if you could prove that definitely that's what happened during that time. I mean, I feel like there would yeah, be that, some issues with that too. But I feel that's also a really long discussion. Why you end on these questions? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought it was just yeah. food for thought for you guys. <laughs> food for thought. <laughs>
1: so I don't know. But, yeah, if, yeah. It could prove, I think there's a
2: lot of things. Like if you, how would you prove that somebody was actually sleepwalking? Right? Because if I mean, if somebody murders somebody, they could just be like, well, I was sleepwalking. And then do they get off scot-free? So we just answered that.
1: No.
0: (laughs) Okay. If you could prove it, I think no, they shouldn't be going to prison for it. Yeah. But they should be getting treatment. But the question is, how do you prove it? And we don't know how you can prove it.
2: All right. Well, so... As a disclaimer, because I know we laughed, even though these are serious, I just wanted to say, all those disease, although these diseases can be funny and entertaining at times, they are serious to the health of the individuals experiencing experiencing oh, them, and for the individuals <laughs> near them. Hope that you never have to experience any of those conditions, but if you do, please consult a certified doctor right away. This is my PSA, right? Is that okay. a public <laughs> service? Public service, service announcement. And if you do have or had any of these experiences with a sleep disorder and are willing to share about it, please reach out to us on social media, post something on our website, send us an email. We would just, I mean, if you really have like good insight on it, I think at some point we may even bring you on as a guest and talk to you about it. Are you looking? Why are you looking at me when you like I'm, it's like you're talking you're to me. You're <laughs> <I'm> the guest. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's move on.
2: Jurassic Park. <laughs> so I thought Alan's subject was on sunrises and sunsets, but apparently it's on how to extract DNA from a mosquito that was trapped for millions of e- years inside in amber. of Amber. <laughs> yep. I tricked you guys.
0: Just Joke's on us. Uh, I, it's just that's the part at the end of the original Jurassic Park when they're just like in the helicopter flying over the ocean into the sunset. Oh. That's pretty. I mean, what other
2: sound am I going to get for a sunset? I don't know. You somehow came up with the sound of a lightning storm on Saturn. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. So <laughs> okay. I figured you could come up with a sunset sound. But I think I speak for both of us, Alan, When both of us meaning Trav and I, when I say...
0: <laughs> I thought you meant me and you.
2: <laughs> I was like, huh? When I say, what made you come up with this question? What about sunrises and sunsets uh
0: so over the well i've kind of just noticed more over the last couple months um i work in an er and i work night shifts so i get off like at 6 a.m and in the summer months like the sun rises here is, is about 6 a.m so i've just noticed walking out to my car after a shift um, I, I've seen more sunrises lately than like really ever before, and they're actually pretty stunning. If they're you like, like, some of them, so i like beautiful, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I've always before, people are like, "Oh, sunsets and sunrises." I'm like, "That's so cliche. That's dumb. Whatever. <sighs> Take a picture. Just look at it. Whatever."
2: But although um, I will say, pictures never do sunrises and sunsets justice. That's true
0: you try and take one, if you like it's stunning scenery and then you just like take a picture on your phone and then you send it or put it on Facebook, you're like, that looks, that looks tiny. That looks crappy. But yeah, I just noticed like all the vivid colors, like the pastel colors. Uh, and it's, I was just like, how, how, what, is, what's the science behind this?
2: Okay. Well, it's good that you say that because <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't know because where I live I, my wife and I like to watch the sunset I'm not going to lie and say that I'm really ever awake during sunrise but uh, the sunset is a, incredible looking at times Um, from where I live I can look out and I can see like insane amount of I don't even know like like it's the colors right like the purples and the yeah. oranges and the reds and all that stuff so Do you know, like, what causes sunsets to have those colors that are, like, the colors that you just are, for whatever reason, are just amazing to the eye? Yeah. Um, To answer that first,
0: I'm going to really quick go through kind of just, like, what is sunlight? The the light source is sunlight. But what is sunlight exactly? And so if you guys, I'm just going to ask you, what color is the sun, guys? Burning white, <laughs> burning color. Yeah,
2: is this a trick question? Because it's yellow. If you ask anybody who just is like, Yeah, looking at it, is it so really a lot of people depict it, it as yellow? White? A lot of people think it's yellow,
0: and it actually does look yellow on Earth, but if you're out in space, it's just white, it's just a big white circle. Um, is that what it looked like the last time you were out in space? Yeah. <laughs> From my experience when I'm in space, after he purchased his twenty
2: five million (laughs) dollar spaceship. Uh, (laughs) One day. One day. So Uh, so so it's just literally white. Like does it look that way when they take pictures of it from like uh from space? Like when they go up to the space station, the International Space Station? Uh yeah, if you're taking pictures of it in the visible,
0: it would be white. Cool. I didn't know that. So it's white. But what is white light? White light is basically all the colors of the rainbow combined together and that's what sunlight is. It's so just and all a
2: and prism.
0: Yeah, so a prism will will separate out the colors. You no, know,
1: whenever you just like get your like paints and stuff and you just yeah. put all the colors of the rainbow together, it does not make white. It makes a poopy brown. <laughs> so challenge you to <laughs> That's, That's true. It's a good
2: point. Because prove that my <laughs> kids this past weekend got stuck on this. We have to make slime at home. And I was like, I don't want to, guys. And they're like, <laughs> What do you? We sound, have to. What do?
1: You, what do your kids sound like? The Hispanic cleaning lady from <laughs> from from, from, from Family Guy. Oh no, <laughs> Mr. Griffin, no home. <laughs>
2: We have to make slime. (laughs) So finally, they wore me down. I took them. I got um, them some kits. Actually, my daughter picked a rainbow slime kit, which I will explain why that was so annoying in a second. My son picked a galaxy-looking slime kit that I thought looked bad A So they get home, and then both of them are like, well, my daughter talks my son into trading. She's like, actually, I really want the galaxy one. She's like, Asher... You should have the rainbow slime. It is so cool. Look how many colors are on the rainbow slime. And so she talks them into it. Asher takes the rainbow slime. Long story short, my daughter's slime never turns into anything other than a liquidy mess. It never becomes slime. Mm. And she's very upset. Asher's works like a charm, but the difference is that I freaking had to make six different slimes. (laughs) One each color of the rainbow. It took me two hours... To make all these slimes, because you have to take each mixture, make them. You have to like mix them for five minutes each, and then do all this stuff. Finally, get him his rainbow slime, and then he plays with it. Two minutes later, I look over, and it's gray yep. because all the colors mixed together. <laughs> see. To see. Well,
1: take that, son.
0: I'm not a parent. <laughs> I'm not a parent, so that might be why. But I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> When it comes to slime, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, Apparently, it's some new toy. No, it's or slime. Something. Just to, they just like, like to make slime. Uh-huh. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, where was I? Oh, so white light from the sun is just all the colors combined. Um, and just so you know, blue light are sh- is shorter wavelengths and higher energy. Red light is longer wavelengths and lower energy. Um, so now that we know that you the the things that cause the colors in the reason the sky looks blue is because the air molecules when the sunlight hits the our atmosphere the air molecules the blue light gets scattered by the air molecules so the blue light will start bouncing off the molecules and kind of like a what's that game Plinko or. Or like pinball yeah. or something like that. It'll just bounce back bounce all the way around whatever, every direction. And then since it's going in every direction, it'll come at you from every direction in the sky. So like the whole sky looks blue because only the blue light is being scattered. Whereas the rest of the light is coming more directly at you from the sun. So if you Take out like if you're starting to scatter out the blue light, what you're left with is more yellowy looking light from the sun, so that's why the sun looks more yellow
2: on yeah. earth, so if you remove blue from the
0: rainbow, it would be yellow You're left with like the warmer type colors, the reds, the yellows, and the yeah. oranges, yeah. So it starts to look more and more yellow. If you if you were scattering out even more of the blue blue light and stuff than our atmosphere does, then you would start getting into like the oranges. It would start looking more orange, red, like stuff like pink. Interesting. But our atmosphere just it only scatters enough blue light to make it look yellow.
2: So what happens in the evening or in the early morning hours when the sun's coming up or the sun's going down that causes it to be orange or purple or Blue so, or red, or why is it different? All the so, time? what causes the colors of a sunset are
0: um, the s- scattering happens again, like I just talked about, and then also refraction. So, we'll start with scattering. So, when the sun is high in the sky, you're, the, the light has less atmosphere to travel through to get to you. So, like, Trav, if you're like standing on, on top, like Say it's a, just imagine a basketball. Okay, I can do that. Surrounded by just a thin layer of air. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I doing? Okay, just imagine the earth and its atmosphere. (laughs) And you're uh, you're standing there and the sun is directly over you. It has like, say, an inch of atmosphere it needs to get through to get to you. Versus if it's off to the side and it's about to set, it has to go like, diagonally or sideways through the atmosphere so then it has a lot more um, atmosphere that it needs to get through which means like I said before a lot more of the cool colors and blues are going to be scattered out of it and then are going to be stripped out of it and you' you're, you're left with like the oranges and reds in the and the, mm. the um, uh, purple purples yeah the purples that you get and stuff like that. Um, But then there's also refraction. So, so, so that you can like really see the differences between the reds and the oranges and the purples and all the colors, the pinks. Um, Our atmosphere also refracts the light, which bends it slightly. um, And it bends each wavelength of light or each color at a different amount, a different angle so you start getting like a prism exactly like a prism how it separates the light into a rainbow and then um you, and then when you have clouds in the sky you'll start to see it's like a canvas basically the clouds they catch the color and then reflect them down to you so you get all those different gradations of
2: colors so and maybe i have to pay more attention to this but like if i were to go look at the sunset should i see like a band of maybe red and then orange and then purple or would i see it all mixed up like some purple up here and some purple down below and reds in the middle that's interesting um
0: i think i mean if so if it was a completely smooth atmosphere with like no turbulence i'm sure it would it could it could look like that but our our atmosphere is always like turning and wind blowing and you get turbulence, you get high pressures, you get low pressures, you get different layers in our atmosphere. Um, so it, I think it gets more all smudged around but maybe if you had perfect conditions you could see like see that happen. The scientific
2: term, smudged. <laughs> S- smudged? Smudged? <laughs> uh, Sweet. So Okay, so that answers the question about the...
0: Well, so wait, a couple other things that also will affect the way a sunset looks um, are moisture in the air, how humid it is, because the more water molecules you have in the air, of course, it's going to scatter
2: more. So if there's more moisture, would that cause a specific color to be more predominant? Or uh, So
0: if there's more moisture and... Um, so basically, just particles. So it can be so humid, um, water particles, or pollution. Uh, pollution can actually make a sunset even better. Mm-hmm. Some people say because it will cause even more scattering and mixing of colors and all that stuff. Um, but
2: wait, what was your question? If like water caused a specific color, oh. it just sounds like it doesn't really matter. So the water.
0: so the more like particulates you have in the air, you get more scattering, and then like the colors turn more pastel-y than vivid and sharp.
2: Yeah. I like I sense. like the vivid sharp colors, you like the vivid sharp ones. Yes, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Was there anything else on the colors? Al, or
0: uh, also temperatures. Um, will Um can affect the way light scatters and refracts because you
2: get different densities of air at different temperatures. Okay. So the amount of atmosphere it has to go through, the amount of particles in the air, and the temperature of the air, all are factors that can play into what color or what smorgasbord of colors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
2: You get when looking at a sunset. Okay. And
0: then finally, though... You need a canvas, like, like I clouds. said, the clouds. You need a canvas for all of these colors to fall on or else they're just going to go through the atmosphere and then oh. back So out, no
2: clouds means no sunset.
0: Yeah, you're not going to really have a, any type of noticeable or good sunset without clouds. But you don't want a ton not- of clouds. You don't want it to be overcast or else the sun's not, the light's not even going to get, get yeah. through. You need just a few clouds. And you don't want, yeah, you don't want like... No clouds, because like I just said, you don't want super low clouds. Because so you want right in the middle clouds. (laughs) (laughs) No, the sunlight, (laughs) golden sunlight will like bears. (laughs) If the if the clouds are low, then you're below it, and you're not going to be seeing where the colors are hitting the tops of the clouds. But if you have high thin clouds, like those high thin clouds, that's what you want. And as sh- the, the sun is coming up, clouds
2: or whatever yeah, I was has- going
1: to say cumulus nimbus, <laughs> Cumulonimbus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> those are it- we we learned that those are the ones that are thunderstorms because that's what I talked about in my episode about tornadoes. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> How could I forget that
0: one? So, <laughs> so yeah, yep, skip- <laughs> clouds clouds are very important. So you like a partly cloudy day would, is good. Okay, anything
2: else affect the color? <laughs> I think that's all I have Um But I i don't know, because I knew you were going to do Sunset, so I was just thinking of other stuff that I've always wondered about it. But like, never thought about this before until I was like, oh, Alan's actually doing a segment on this. But I know that the sun <laughs> comes up in the east, it sets in the west, the sun rises in the morning, it sets in the evening. Outside of that, though, what is the difference between a sunrise and a sunset? Um, so
0: they're really, like, I was trying to do research on this and there's not a lot of difference that, like, just the average everyday person can just go and, like, yeah, I can tell that that's a sunrise or that's a sunset. All
2: right, so what? But going. they're above average person. <laughs> Figure out
0: there are little differences. Um, so first of all, like I said, with more particulates in the air and pollution, you'll get more pastel colors and more kind of more pastel-y, dull and. And scattered out, so like more of the sky will be kind of like the colors of the sunset. Um, meaning, at the end of the day, when the sun is setting, there is more pollution. Um, the atmosphere is is more is turning more still from the day's heat. Um, you know, because people have been driving their cars all day. Um, so that will cause more particulates in the air. And so it'll be more, like, sunsets tend to be more pastel versus in the morning when you have a sunrise, vi- more vivid and sharp because the air is cleaner, it's had
2: time to settle down and cool in the night. I'm going to have to go look at sunrises because I always thought sunsets were more vivid and sunrises were more pastel but this you know, huh? is based off of just me <laughs> assuming. <laughs> but... Yeah. Okay. Any other differences, or is that kind of the main? Uh,
0: well, also when you, when the sun is ri- is setting, your your eyes are are adjusted for daylight, um, and then and as it starts to get dark, I guess this is what I read. It gets dark faster than your eyes can fully just adjust, so you, you don't see the colors in as much detail which also might be why it seems more dull and pastel-y to people um but when the sun's coming up your eyes are night adjusted and so they can make out like more minute details
2: and differences in color so how long do they last though typically like you just said that when the, I mean, I don't know if one lasts longer than another. If it's just... Uh, it should hypothetically be the same always as the Earth is just rotating at a constant speed. But I guess if you
0: have like a giant mountain like we do here right to the east, like a sunrise would be shorter. That's just me thinking in my head. Then, you know, does that make
2: sense to you? Because yeah. <laughs> I know they say like sunrise is at... You can look it in the newspaper or whatever. You can be like, sunrise is yeah. at 628 and sunset will be at 822. But I, I know. never know what to believe with those because this it's always getting bright before that.
0: But I looked it up and apparently it, it does like full from pitch, if you were out in the middle of nowhere, from pitch black dark, um, it starts to get brighter like an hour before the actual sunrise. And then starts get dark, or and then it gets back to pitch black dark about an hour after sunset. It's always darkest before the dawn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, well done. (laughs) So as
0: far as how long a sunset lasts or a sunrise, about an an hour. hour. I would say like you have an hour ish, hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's I
2: know. I know here in the Salt Lake Valley we get. A little bit longer sunsets because we have the salt flats on the other side of the mountains that reflect the light back oh, up. So it actually yeah. extends our sunsets here from what I understand. but Alright, so if we know that though, just the fact that the Earth is on a tilt, right, when it's it's spinning on its axis. So yeah. when it's facing towards the sun on the northern hemisphere, it's summer and then winter in the southern hemisphere and vice versa when it's tilted the other way, it's winter in the northern hemisphere. So because of that tilt, does that make an uh, any kind of effect on the sunset or sunrise that you would see? Um, or is it just basically the same?
0: Uh it depends on where you live. So if you live in the north like we do, like what are we forty one degrees? That sounds right. Do you remember Trev? Or is it forty nine? What forty one degrees latitude latitude north are, are we at? at? Oh
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> For some reason, I always thought Trav liked latitude and longitude. (laughs) But I think it's just because like the whole World War Two thing that you really like, and like they and because of that, I the military uses a lot of latitude. GPS.
1: I just know all the latitudes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyone who has like GPS
2: on their phone, they're just obsessed with latitudes. (laughs) I know it sounds great I legit thought Trav knew. <laughs> <So, laughs> so yeah, ask me these questions. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> is ain't that right, Trap? <laughs> Forty-one latitude. All right. So Salt Lake City is 40.76, so basically 41 degrees Forty latitude. latitude.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, go oh. ahead. So because we're in the north, in in our summer, um we're to- we're tilted more toward the sun. So the sun tends to be more directly overhead for us during the day, which means it sets um,
2: like a steeper angle.
0: Well, yeah,
2: so it's, it's,
0: I don't know. I don't know if that would actually affect it. It's, actually, now that I'm thinking. I it, just want to put this out there
2: because like it's okay not to know. Sometimes, yeah. Alan. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about it in my head, but then like that didn't make sense to me. I because I would have never thought of this, but yes, like I would, I'm guessing that I wonder if it does just set at a steeper angle, and then in the winter it sets like at a more because it's further shallow shallow in the south. Yes, it's further in the south in the winter, but the horizon's still the horizon.
0: So when it's setting, it's still the same amount of right. atmosphere that's. So let's coming do this. From, right?
2: Here's a here's something a homework assignment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you, professor. <laughs> <laughs> over the next year, each season go time the sunset and sunrise on like the equinoxes or on the solstices. Oh, you mean like how long it takes to sun- yeah. set and, set so. and rise. And then uh, I was report thinking- to us in a year. Okay. What <laughs> what the answer is I was thinking I, I was
0: I was thinking you were talking more along the lines of how it looks is it affected but well,
2: earlier, but I think you pretty much
0: answered that one pretty good. Like, well, I, I if it looks different by season, in oh. by season, but well, actually, two, but- there is a slight, I guess, difference in the seasons too. Like in the winter, the colder months, you have less more moisture in the atmosphere because it's not; hot. it's all condensed out of the atmosphere. So you people say colder months, you tend to get more again, like sunrises, vivid colors, more crisp sun, right, or colors. In the, in the summer. Yeah, in the, and then in the summer, you get no, that's in, in the, the winter, winter in no. the colder months. And then in the warmer months, you get more
2: of the pastel-y type okay. colors. Sweet. Alright, so finally, I just want to sum this up with a question I've had for as long as I can remember today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for
1: as long uh, as today has been going on, <laughs> I have had this question.
2: Um, but because you just described that, like all these different factors—particles, uh, density of the atmosphere, wind, clouds—density has popped me. <laughs> um, so we see a certain uh, sunset on Earth, but it's the exact same sun that would be shining on Mars. So if you were on the planet Mars, would there be a sunset or sunrise, and/or what would it look like? I can answer that question. Okay, what? you
1: would not know because you would be dead of cancer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
2: true. Uh, (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Travel never go to Mars. (laughs) I will stay on. So there
0: are actually pictures of a sunset on Mars taken by one of the rovers, and um, while it's super amazing that we have a picture of a sunset on Mars, it, in my opinion, it's shit. (laughs) <laughs> Makes sense, it, yeah. It sucks compared to here on Earth. Because Mars, like I said, atmosphere is super important for sunsets, right? Mars's atmosphere is like 1% of ours. So, so is you're it, not so going to get a lot of it scattering. Just like
2: the sun just is up and then it's gone. Uh, a lot more so than here, yes. Because there's no like... Early like detection of like ooh it's starting to get brighter because the atmosphere is not yeah. really there to like capture the part of like light and scatter exactly
0: okay. like on the moon with no atmosphere when you make the transition from day to night it's almost like literally uh you would be able to see a line just being sh- yeah that just moves past you. <laughs> into shadow. But Mars, I mean Mars, you get a little bit of refraction and, and scattering, but near what you yeah, get on nothing Earth. like near on Earth. Okay. And in fact, the only way you can get a blue sky on Mars is when it's the sun is setting and it's going through the maximum amount of its atmosphere, then you start to get some of the blue scattering light like uh, we do I all see. day.
2: Okay. So I don't know if this has anything to do with sunrises or sunsets, but I know a few months back we had what you call the blood moon. I was in Park City at the time, and I went out and looked at it with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I looked at it too. Does (laughs) does the uh, occurrence of the moon-looking blood red, which I think it really just looked orange, but mean have anything to do with the similar type of effects that the sunrise and sunset have as far as the atmosphere the particles in the atmosphere that just make it look that way to us but it's really not that way if you were to go up above the atmosphere
0: yeah so like the blood moon when there's a lunar eclipse happening a total lunar eclipse meaning this moon is going behind the earth the earth is in between the moon and the sun so it's just Basically, the moon is in the shadow of the Earth. You would expect the moon to be gone, just into black darkness, because it's in the shadow, right? Hello, darkness, my old friend. you're obsessed with that friend. <laughs> that's that song. <laughs> so you would expect the moon to just like not be there or not visible, but it's always visible during an eclipse, a lunar eclipse, and that's because we have the atmosphere around us which sunlight can still get through as it's shining ar- like around the edges of the earth and it gets bent and refracted back in toward the moon. So sunlight is still hitting the moon, but sunlight that has just gone through our atmosphere. And when you get a blood moon is when you have conditions on earth that uh there are enough particulates in the air to have scattered out most of all the blue light so and then you, you get, get back to that so man. basically it's 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 like shining a sunset on the moon through our atmosphere
2: onto the moon but if you were above our atmosphere it would not look that way
0: hmm? the moon
2: yeah no it would above our atmosphere
0: yeah if if we were above our like if we were out in space yeah. looking at the eclipse,
2: yeah.
0: It would still be red blood cuz like, okay, <laughs> say you have a filter. Basically our atmosphere is just acting like a filter of blue light. Yeah. So sunlight goes through that filter and all you get coming out the other end is the reds and oranges and then they hit the moon. Does that make sense?
2: Oh. So, so like you would have to remove the earth completely to not get that effect or remove the atmosphere completely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cuz the atmosphere bends the light
0: around the earth and back toward the moon. So the, the light you would it would normally just in a cone, you would have a shadow where the light can't hit. But since our atmosphere, atmosphere since our atmosphere it, yeah. also can bend light,
2: it'll bend it back in. And then hit the moon. But after, but after filtering out, blues, out all the blues. Yeah. yeah. Got that makes sense. I actually did not know that. So sweet. All right. Did you have anything else on sunrises or sunsets? Nope. That's Trav, it. Did you have any other questions on sunrises or sunsets? I think we covered it all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, let's get to the uh, question that Alan and I are both very curious about because Trav's been hyping this up. But yeah, yeah. we have no idea who brian wells is so why don't we get into that trav don't worry i have a plan i saw this in a movie about a bus that had to speed around the city keeping its speed over 50 and if its speed dropped it would explode i think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down
1: This is still, (laughs) that doesn't give really any hints to much about Brian Wells. uh, And when I get to that point, because normally we like to talk about why we pick the sounder for some reason. I think we're the only podcast that really does that. But uh, I think we're the only podcast that has now brought this up twice. Yep. (laughs) So I'm not going to talk about it. Um, Hypothetical question. I mean, if you have it off the top of your head, you know right away, Uh, go ahead and and let me know just in a short amount of time, (laughs) But uh, because there is quite a bit to get to on this. But try and think of uh, what is the worst day that you have ever had at work? I have an answer. Do you? Okay. (laughs) And what is that?
2: (laughs) I'll try it. Okay, I will try to sum this up in 30 seconds. This is about 10, 12 years ago. I went to work. Um, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. I did. <laughs> I wiped my bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> I wiped my bum bum. Um but I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but at some point I like to check to see if there's any particulates still left on the toilet paper at some point. To know a thorough I've done a thorough job. Okay. Well, apparently one of the times that I checked to see if there's particulates, there were actually. Fairly large chunky particulates. This and so gross. So I was like, oh man. So then I went to put the toilet paper back in the toilet. Oh continued- <laughs> <was> like, we're <laughs> back on the roll. <laughs> and continued uh to finish the job until I was thoroughly satisfied. And then I got up, pulled my pants up. And when you pull pants up sometimes, especially if they're like, you know, slacks or jeans or something, like the pockets inside your pants kind of raise up a little bit, right? So you have to put your hands in your pockets to kind of push your hand, your pockets back flush down, right? So I stick my hand in my pocket to uh, push my pocket back down. But lo and behold, I have a little nuggety surprise. And what? I pull my hand out and the tips of my fingers are covered in poop. So I'm like, what the heck just happened? I go back in. I pull my pocket inside <laughs> out. Somehow those nuggets that I were checking on did not make it back in the toilet. Instead, they fell into my pocket <laughs> of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and so gross. At which case, I didn't know what to do because I'm at work. <laughs> and so I went back to my office. I grabbed a pair of scissors. I walked back into the bathroom, and I just cut my pocket out of my pants, what? threw it in the toilet, flushed it, and then went back to work, resumed working for the rest of the day with no pocket in my pants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, although that is a horrible day, (laughs) just on a normal, uh, Brian Wells from Erie, Pennsylvania, can one-up anyone's worst day of work story.
0: Erie?
1: Yep. Isn't there a show? Where's Erie, Indiana? Oh, Oh, yeah. From From that show. Anyway, so before I continue, understand that this story I'm about to tell is very controversial. Um, there's a lot of people that are that play into this story, and there's different theories about what happened, actually. Um, just want to throw out there that these are not necessarily my opinions. personal thoughts and opinions. This is literally just what I have read from several accounts.
2: Got it? Okay, good got it. Dis- good disclaimer. Okay. <clears throat> Before you start, just so I can clarify, Brian Wells then is not a famous person prior to this. It's not like... No. It's, it's just like an everyday normal dude. Normal day. Okay. In fact, Brian Wells was a 46-year-old
1: pizza delivery man who on August 28th, 2003, had the worst day of his life. As it has been told, Brian showed up to work at Mama Mia's Pizzeria that day and received a call for a delivery at 1.30 p.m.
2: So, Mama, was he in a musical?
1: No, it's called Mama Mia's Pizza Mia. <laughs>
2: oh, is it owned by ABBA? Shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the order was for two small pizzas to be delivered to an address on the outskirts of town. So when Wells arrived at the address given, he found that it was not actually a house, but an old transmission tower surrounded by woods. What transpired there remains unknown to this day, although there are two theories and one lie that we will talk about in a moment.
2: Did you say what year this was?
1: 2003. Okay. When Wells arrived, um, oh, sorry. A
0: transmission tower?
1: Yep. Like a, like a radio tower? Uh-huh, like a radio tower. Okay. It still functioned. It's just that it was old and it was a, it, nobody was there. So, um, at approximately 2.30 p.m., so we're fast-forwarding about an hour ahead from when he originally got the call for the pizzas, um, Brian walked into a PNC bank with an oversized white T-shirt, which was clearly hiding something on his person, and a cane. He quietly walked up to the teller and slid her a note that demanded $250,000 in cash. His cane which was a cleverly crafted shotgun was to be used if there was no cooperation. Mm. So something happened in that hour that he was (laughs) after he left to go deliver the pizzas. And that's what's kind of crazy because nobody really knows.
2: (laughs) So he got a call for the pizza. He went to go deliver it. He ended up at a radio tower in the middle of the woods. That's at least what the address was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then, some, an hour goes by where no one knows what happens. Then he suddenly shows up an at hour this later bank with a shotgun made out of a,
1: or a cane. It he, looks like a cane, but it's, but a it's really a handmade shotgun.
2: And he asks for money.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's alone. Yep. Okay. So back to the white t-shirt. So the shirt was hiding a bomb that was locked around his neck. The letter which he slid to the teller. Told her that the bomb would go off in 15 minutes if she did not deliver the money in that time frame. However, it was too difficult to access the vault to get that amount of money, and in and in especially in that time. So the teller just handed Wells a bag with uh, nearly nine thousand dollars in it. So it was eight thousand seven hundred two dollars to be exact. Whatever they had, like in whatever they had, like yeah, from their cash drawer. And Wells accepted and left the bank at two thirty eight. P.M. A witness called 911 to report the crime and the suspect. Fifteen minutes later, the police found Wells in a nearby parking lot of like a uh, glass, like a like somewhere you'd go buy like uh, glasses. You know, like, no glasses, so like like frames oh, and stuff. Like a one-hour yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, so they found him in a nearby parking lot, standing outside his Geo Metro, and arrested him. He was placed in cuffs and placed on the ground while police contacted. And he was just
0: standing there without the bomb or anything at
1: well, this point? No, the bomb's attached to him. Like, it's, oh, it's so attached still, around his neck. So he was still as he was yeah. at the bank. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, when they, when they cuffed him, they put him on the ground, he said something about the bomb, and so then they, of course, all backed off, called the bomb squad.
2: Did he still have the cash at this point?
1: Not on him. But I'm sure it was in his car. So the time at this point when they called the bomb squad was now 3.04 p.m. Unfortunately, the bomb squad was 10 miles away and would have to combat traffic as the police had to block off the street that they were at, uh, which was called Peach Street, for the safety of the public. This is where it gets intense. So picture this. Cop cars surrounding Brian Wells, who is sitting... The only way I could describe it is Indian style. I know that's probably not very PC. (laughs) Um, But that's what they told us in elementary school. Pretzel. He is fairly calm for the situation he is until he hears a beep. His demeanor changes quickly as he informs the police that they need to help him get the device off from around his neck because he doesn't have much time. Meanwhile, the police are stuck. Nothing they can do until the bomb squad arrives. The beeping gets faster and faster. Beep, 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 Explosion. So he blew up. The bomb goes off and Brian Wells falls to the ground dead. The time is now 3.18 p.m. The bomb squad was still three minutes away. Super crazy. What? I need to mention that this was all caught on tape and live broadcasted.
2: Like from what? the moment? That from the moment. He was in the parking lot. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: As he was sitting down, handcuffs, it's all caught on tape and was broadcasted live as he died. So, now, na- what? It's obviously not on YouTube, right? Oh, you can find it on YouTube. Really? I'm sure you can. YouTube has that? I'm sure you can. I'll, t- I'll tell you where you can find it at the end. So, now the story takes a little bit of a cinematic turn. Okay. <laughs> So after the detonation of the bomb, the police searched Brian's car and found a letter with instructions on it. The letter read as followed. You must follow a course of instructions to find keys and combination codes to disarm the bomb. Do not insert keys into keyholes until instructed. Some keyholes are booby trapped to prevent tampering. Drive 60 miles per hour throughout the course. Use only two to three minutes at each stop. Sentry will be watching at each stop to ensure you are not being followed. Sentry? Yeah, like just somebody overwatching. Oh. Bomb has tripwires. Forcing or tampering will detonate. All weapons, papers, containers, tapes, etc. must be returned to us. Each item you find after dropping money has a key and or combination word. You will need to decipher the combination. This will disarm some tripwires... Before you unlock. This procedure is to make sure you have no materials behind. So, basically what I read there is just the instructions given to him mm-hmm. in order to get this bomb off of him.
2: So, he... It's like a treasure hunt, basically. Exactly. But with all items he has to get to figure out a puzzle to get the bomb off. him. Mm-hmm. Was this before... When did Saw come out? I don't know. 2001. So, I don't know, I just made that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is another part of the another part of the letter. This is what was given or the instructions that he needed to do after he robbed the bank. So, obviously he was given instruction to go into PNC Bank, rob, you know, get $250,000 come out. These were the instructions afterwards. So, leave because there was a McDonald's by there. So it says leave McDonald's from from the rear. And drive behind and around the side up to the eyeglass world. That's what it was called. (laughs) Stop at Peach Street. Important. You must get out and tie the orange tape. The tape was on the bomb case. Around the fire hydrant at Peach Street to signal that you have the money and that you have left the bank. Number two. Go south on Peach Street. Take right. Go west for two miles. At at Interchange 178. Take 79 north for two and a quarter miles. At exit 180, pull to the side of the road off the ramp and stop next to the yellow traffic light warning sign. Go directly across the grass to the right and into the woods, and the container with the orange tape has your next instructions. Place all notes, containers, and tapes in the money bag and proceed. This was basically because this was given the next the next step as soon as the bomb went off and they kind of you know confirmed whatever the bomb squad showed up they went over to his geo metro like i said and they started searching and they they found all this stuff and so then a couple of cops or investigators jumped in and they just booked it to to try and find this like the next the box. next thing because imagine like you get there you find that it gives you more instructions i mean It's essentially leading you to the people, to the culprits, right? Well, when they got there, they they found that there was nothing there. So whoever was kind of masterminding this had already gone and picked it up and left. Wait, so so
0: those instructions you just read, those are the second set of instructions that he had?
1: Well, I imagine that – I mean because apparently they found just like a bunch of just papers and – um, I mean, there's more than that. A lot of it's just a bunch of gibberish, just basically saying like, you will die if you do this, you will die if you do that, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So, but uh, he, was, he was to go and do that. And mind you, he has two to three minutes at every stop. So basically he was supposed to go in, spend two to three minutes getting $250,000 from this bank, yeah. leave, go and tie an orange tape around a fire hydrant on this Peach Street, take off, go to this next stop, find this more hidden treasure to find more instructions, and then to move on to do whatever else. So he got as far as getting the money. Getting out to his car. Did he- was probably standing outside of his car going to tie tie the orange thing, but then they, they caught him. Okay. So, let's see.
2: So Did the bomb go off because he took too long, or... Well, yeah, was basically. Was kind of timer?
1: Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So the bomb around Wells, in fact, we'll do it right now. <laughs> the bomb around Re- Wells' neck was a triple banded metal collar with four keyholes and a three-digit combination lock. It had an iron box containing two pipe bombs loaded with double-base smokeless powder. It also contained two sunbeam kitchen timers and one electronic countdown timer. It seemed like the device itself was crafted by the Riddler. Um, the idea was that after every task, Brian would be given a key and a part of a code. The keys would delay the, deton- the detonation af- uh, another X you know, number of minutes. Mm-hmm. If he followed everything to a T, he would be able to unlock the bomb and go free. However, it was determined that with all the instructions given and the time that it took for the bomb to go off, There was not sufficient time to complete the task before the explosion. So Brian was meant to die. Um, So let's go back real quick to those two theories and one lie. really
0: was dissatisfied with their pizza delivery.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before I mention the the two theories and the one lie, which sheds just a tiny little minute light on why Brian was in this situation. So the lie was while Brian was sitting there handcuffed, he was telling the, the cops that, um, that three black men jumped him and forced the bomb around his neck and was holding him hostage unless he robbed the bank. Theory one is that Wells is actually believed to have been a part of the plot to rob the bank. Wait, that was a lie? That one, the first one was the lie, the black men. So Wells is the theory, the theory one, um, which actually seems to be the more popular theory is that Wells is believed to have been a part of the plot to rob the bank, but was unaware that the other members were planning to kill him for real. So it was like he
2: got in with this group of guys, but they were really just using him as a... As a patsy. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, Theory two is basically, and this comes from Wells' family, is that they completely believe that he would never have been a part of anything like that and would have had to have been kidnapped and forcefully, like, At gunpoint, put this on your neck and go. And, you know, there's, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not gonna get into that. Um, There's more of the story. And again, I can tell you where you can find it in a little bit. So here's the rest of the story. So after all that happened, things grew more complicated three weeks after the botched bank robbery when a man named Bill Rothstein called police to confess that there was a body in his freezer. Police soon found that the body belonged to a man named James Roden. Initially, Rothstein told police that Roden's death had nothing to do with the Wells case. Instead, he said that an ex-girlfriend of his named Marjorie Deal Armstrong had killed Roden in a dispute over money and contacted Rothstein for his help in disposing of the body, which he initially did and agreed upon, but then later decided that he didn't want any part of that, and that's why he called the cops. But soon, Rothstein actually claimed, so he went back on his original claim that the death of this guy that was in his freezer had nothing to do with the Wells case. But, um, so he, he claimed that Marjorie Deal Armstrong, uh, which was a local woman with a criminal past who lived with Roden a month before the heist, hatched the bank robbery... Um, because her father was squandering her multi-million dollar inheritance and she needed money to pay a hitman to kill him before all the money was gone. So Dill Armstrong then killed Rodin when he threatened to tell the police about the whole thing. So you have this lady, Marjorie Dill Armstrong, who, whose father apparently, in her mind, had multi-million dollar, just, I mean, just, this inheritance that was supposed to go to her that he was spending. Mm-hmm. She wanted it. So the only she way she was going to get it off. was to get him, just to kill him. She wanted to pay a hitman, but it was going to cost $250,000. So she hatched up this idea to send somebody in to get the money for her. And so that she could pay this hitman and kill her father. Well, her boyfriend at the time, James Roden, Heard all about this because she was telling him and wanted him to be a part of it, and he didn't want to be a part of it and said that he was going to tell the cops. So she killed him and then called her ex-boyfriend to help her hide the body.
2: So that's where we are. Is Brian Wells the ex-boyfriend?
1: No. uh, The The Rothstein guy. The Rothstein guy. Okay. Okay. So unfortunately, though, um, Rothstein actually died of lymphoma in 2004, and there are actually uh, quite a few people who believe that uh, he was the mastermind behind the concoction of the bomb. Mm-hmm. Because um, as you look into him a little bit more, he kind of has that background, like a mechanic and is good with all these yeah. different things. Anyway, um, so nevertheless, it soon began to look like Marjorie Deal Armstrong was the actual evil genius after all. She had already pled guilty to the Rodin murder and received seven to 20 years for, for that in 2005. But her role in the bank robbery was a lot harder to figure out until another conspirator came forward. So we have another player. In 2005, another man named Kenneth Barnes, probably no relation to you guys, <laughs> was turned in. Wait, what year is
2: this? He's a cousin.
1: 2005. Um, was turned in to the police by a family member after speaking freely of his involvement in the Brian Wells case. Once in custody, Barnes cooperated with the police and, like Rothstein, claimed that Marjorie Dill Armstrong was the mastermind behind the whole operation. Furthermore, with help from Barnes, authorities soon came to realize that Brian Wells wasn't an innocent pizza delivery guy who simply got a bomb locked around his neck one day. In fact... Barnes told authorities that Wells was in on the plot from the beginning. And that's kind of where the theory comes from.
0: He had been stealing pepperonis off the tops of people's pizzas.
1: <laughs> and as Wells understood it, the bomb around his neck was supposed to be fake, a decoy that he'd use to threaten the bank employees. But when he went to the secluded area by the TV tower, he learned that the other conspirators led by Dill Armstrong had changed their minds and put a real bomb around his neck. Barnes was sentenced to 45 years in prison after pleading guilty to bank robbing charges in 2008. So two years later...
2: So wait, one second. How did Barnes know about this?
1: He was part of it.
2: Oh. So he was there as they were planning it. Yes. Yes. But he didn't actually...
1: No, he was all part of the whole plan, and he was going to get money, too. It's just he told this to his family, and his family turned him in. Uh, and once he was turned in, he was like, ah, crap, well, if I cooperate, maybe I'll get a looser sentence. He still got 45 years. But oh. but anyway. So, But then two years later, Marjorie Deal Armstrong, the woman who everyone had been calling the mastermind all along, got her day in court... Uh, In the bank robbing case, the jury easily convicted her on the bank robbing charges and sentenced her to life in prison. However, that life wouldn't last long because she died of cancer in prison in 2017. And that's basically the end of it. But super duper crazy story, (laughs) and it is creepy. Why have
0: I not heard that ever before? That's that's insane.
1: It's like – it's considered like one of the most diabolical and just confusing bank heists of all time, at least in the United States. And it is. There's, there's so much to it. Now, nobody actually was charged in the murder of Brian, of Brian Wells. Wells because as far as – I mean, number one, they had no, no proof of exactly who did anything. Nobody – the only person that really had all the information that could, told, could have told them died in 2004. And – which was the guy um, who made the bomb? Well, think. that possibly made the bomb. He yeah, mechanic, mm-hmm. the skills. To yeah, and uh, and so I mean, they got they got him on robbery charges.
0: Wait, how did he die in two thousand four?
1: From, from lymphoma. lymphoma. Oh, okay. So, anyway, if you want to know where you can see all of this, there is a four episode uh, miniseries on Netflix called Evil Genius.
0: Oh, I've I've heard about it. Is this so a new one or has this been on? It's been
1: on for a while. In fact, I watched this quite a while ago, and gonna have to add it to my queue. It is intense. The first, so that whole thing um, about him going into the bank and and, and dying—that is all in the first like ten minutes of the series of the four episodes. The rest is like they're the trying rest to is, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it is crazy. In fact, I rewatched. Just the first 10 minutes in preparation for this. Yeah. And I mean, I knew what was going on. I knew what was happening. Yeah, I sat there and it was like, I found myself like not breathing. Just like watching in anticipation. <laughs> like, holy crap. So it is a crazy story. And I recommend you go and watch it as soon as possible. I'm going to
0: be watching it tonight.
1: You will have nightmares. <laughs> so,
2: so, this is Nightmares, all true story.
1: All true story. You'll see it. You'll see I the light. I do live have video. one
2: question, unless this totally ruins it for people to watch this documentary. But what happened to the dad? What dad? The one that was spending all her money, her inheritance. Oh, I, I honestly don't remember. That's because she, she tried to hire a hitman, but she yeah. didn't get the 250000 No, 000,
1: she man. didn't. So, he, I'm sure he lo- lived until he died. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, anyway, so there you have it. Um, that is what we have for the show today.
0: Well, here's a theory of mine. Okay. I don't think Brian Wells was in was in on it. Cause, well, maybe. Because <laughs> Cause, well, $250,000 is what he's supposed to get. And he pretty easily just settled for 9000 Well. Which I can see if you're not in on it, you're like... Well, I'll take whatever the hell I can get. Maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll be enough. I got to get moving. I have limited time.
1: Well, it's either that or he figured it was a fake bomb. Although, you know, like I said, it, there's conflicting information. Yeah. But he could have figured it was a fake bomb. He was in on it, knew that like he kind of chickened out, knew that it wasn't actually going to explode. So he just took whatever he could to get out of uh, there and get done. But uh, again, why would he continue to go, through the, go through the charade and go tie something or you know, whatever, if go hang out. In yeah, go it. hang yeah. out in the eyeglass world parking lot. <laughs> I mean, this was literally <laughs> fifteen true. minutes later yeah. from the time that he robbed the bank. He could have been who knows where at that yeah. point.
2: Yeah. No, I so, think he went to go deliver that pizza and then they chloroformed him and then put the bomb on him. And then put him back in his car and then taped a piece of paper to the windshield. And then when he came to, he started following the distru- instructions.
0: And maybe. Heard a voice yeah. say,
2: Would you like to play a game? Yeah. All I'm
1: saying is super weird. It's creepy as hell, but it's interesting. No, and that was a good story. One of yeah. the crazy stories yeah. that I've heard. I'm definitely going to watch
2: that Netflix documentary. And answer your question, Alan, because I made up 2001 as the year Saw came out. It was actually 2004.
1: So this <gasps> happened Maybe Four. this inspired Saw. It could have been. So anyway, there you have it, folks. Uh, episode 13 here, all done in the books. Um, again, uh, just as we always end, make sure to uh, visit us on our website, kukopodcast.com, and uh, and twitter facebook instagram at q code podcast don't forget to leave us five stars and go to youtube i almost forgot what that was called and uh, click the subscribe button so that you can know whenever we have new episodes and or videos that hit so uh, thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next week